Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Welcome out to Change. You'll notice we're sat a little different here. We believe that life happens in circles and not rows. And so we do life together. Um, So welcome out to Change. This is a great family to plug into. And I, I encourage you today, man, really just jump into everything that's here. Meet somebody, get to know somebody. You might meet your best friend. You never even know. They might be sitting right across from you. But I'm excited to be with you today. Um, hey, I'm excited for MLK Day tomorrow. We're going out to serve. We did it last year, and we had a great time just serving people coffee and getting to know our city um, and serving the volunteers that were all coming out. Uh, they have thousands of people come out to one location and just all stuff bags and, and put things together and make things and serve all together to really make a, an impact and a dent in uh, what our city needs. And so I love being a part of it. I love that change is a part of that, that culture. Um, so, man, come join us. Serve some coffee. Serve some cupcakes. Serve some smiles. How many know, man, uh, sometimes all people need is a good old smile, a good old compliment. And uh, we're going to give that tomorrow. We're going to give some life. In the midst of what everybody's going through, who knows? We don't know what their day holds, but we know that when they meet us, they're going to meet Jesus. And so we're excited for that. And uh, so pumped. So we're in the middle of a series right now called My City, My Time. And this is a year of ownership for us. We're not only coming into this year excited for it. We're coming into this, this year owning it and claiming things and coming into um, the year on purpose. We're not just waiting for things to happen. We're taking hold of opportunities and making them happen. We're not just waiting for our marriages to get better. We're making them better. We're not just waiting for our kids to get in line and stop rebelling. We are doing something about it. We're taking a stand. We're owning our city. We're not waiting for someone else to reach our university. We're doing it ourselves. Come on, somebody. We're making a move. We're owning it. We're stepping into the plans of God and making them our plans. We're saying, God, you got plans on in heaven, and they're the ones that actually get done because you established our steps, so we're stepping in and we're owning your plans. And we've been looking at Nehemiah. Now, I love Nehemiah. He was cupbearer to the king. He was a great man that, that found out about a wall that was broken, and it broke his heart. He got on the same page with God because God's heart was broken. This wall was exposing God's people and cre- uh, taking away their defense against their enemies. And so they were in danger. They were in danger, and it broke God's heart. And Nehemiah stepped in and saw this issue, and he didn't just see the reality of it, but he made it his reality to fix. And I don't know where you are in your life, but a lot of times we can see our reality and run away from it instead of running to it and say we got to make a difference in this reality. Maybe you can see your job or your, your, your school that you go to, and you'll look at it and you'll say, man, it's, that wall is broken. That is a broken wall. And sometimes you can just forget about it, walk away from it. But if we'll step into the heart of God and start to capture what he thinks about it and make it our plans and start to see our city through his eyes and see it like he sees it, 
we'll start to get broken for the broken walls. We'll start to feel things. The Bible says that when Nehemiah heard about this broken wall, he wept and he went before God and he sought him and he said, God, give me success. Because this is a very interesting fact and I, I found this out while studying Nehemiah is that years before Nehemiah shows up on the scene, they actually had a mission to rebuild this wall and it failed. So they actually already tried this once and it didn't work. And so Nehemiah shows up later, finds out about the walls, uh, the structure, how it's broken down, and he knows what's already happened. But he goes before God, and he understands it's beyond him. Can I encourage you? There are some things that are beyond you, but they are not beyond your God. They are so beyond you. There are some relationships that will never be mended if you're the only one involved. Your kids might never come back to knowing Jesus. Kids might never get in line. You might never reach university if it's just you. And Nehemiah understood this. And that's why he went to God first. He got on his face and he started fasting and praying. That's what we did this last week as we fasted and prayed. Hey, let me challenge you too. Me and Ashley, when we got done with our fast, man, we had such an amazing week. And we got so many things written down in our journals. And God was speaking to us and just doing some awesome things in our business and our family. And we saw all these things and we looked at each other and we said, Ain't no way we're going to stop this fast. Like, we're going to do this like once a month. Let's do this thing. And let me challenge you, don't let this last week be the only week you really hear from God this year. Let this be the start of something new for you. Why not? Wouldn't you love to hear God's voice all year long? What would God want to say to you? What must God want you to do? And I, I, I just challenge you, because as Nehemiah dove in, and he fasted and prayed, and he sought God. He was preparing for the moment of provision. And there's a time where God will have a moment of provision for you. Because he designed all of us with purpose. We all have purpose. It's all individual, and your city looks different than my city. Because when God has a plan for my life, right now I'm in a season of a family. And right now you might be in a season where you're going to university, or you're starting a family, or maybe you just got married. Or maybe you're, you're looking at dating somebody. Whatever season you find yourself in, maybe you're just going to high school. I don't know where you are, but your city looks a lot different. So you have to really dive into what is your wall? What is the broken wall that you see? Because a city is made up of great people. And we got to build great people, and that's building ourselves to become the great people that can be an amazing movement in our city. And so we're looking at our walls. We're seeing what's broken. We're seeing where it needs to be fixed. We're seeing what breaks the heart of God. We're tuning into him. And then when we see the brokenness and we understand, hey, things aren't where they need to be. Things are not looking pretty. This wall is busted. It's broken. There ain't nobody that there's been people that have tried to fix it, but it hasn't worked. And so we got to do something different. How many know insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, thinking that you're going to get a different outcome? Doing the same thing, repetitive, repetitive, repeating, repeating, and hoping something else is going to happen. If we want to see things different in our lives and in our city, we have to do things different in order to see those things accomplished. Come on, somebody. If we want to see a movement of God happen, 
We got to get on our face and seek him. We got to do the prep work in order to handle his provision. Because God's got something for you and you haven't reached it yet. Let me encourage you with this too. God's never going to stop lifting you up and getting you to a higher level. So preparation is never going to quit for you. You're always prepping. You've never arrived. You are always going somewhere. You're always getting better. God's always got a bigger plan for you and a better place for you because he's never finished with you until you're dead. And once you're gone, you're in heaven. But God wants to grow you and make you into the person that he designed you to be. And a lot of times all that takes is diving into him. I want to look at Nehemiah chapter 2. Verse 1, it says, in the month of Nisan, they didn't have Ford back then, but they had Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, now check this out, that king had been there for 20 years. Do you know that God is prepping your path? And sometimes there's been people that have put, been put in place for years, 20, 30, 10, 15 years before you even showed up on the scene, and he was preparing your path even before you got there. And he had to get everything in place for when Nehemiah showed up on the scene because he knew he had to get the right people there. He had to get the right opportunities because he knew Nehemiah was going to dive in and hear his voice. And there's some things that you're praying and seeking God for that he has been working on for years to get you ready. Isn't that exciting? That gets me pumped. Even before we showed up in Philadelphia saying, we're going to start a church and it's going to be called Change. And we're going to change the world. Even before we even thought that thought, years ago, he put it on someone's heart to plant churches here and plant nonprofits here and to start a system and to start building people. Even before we got here, he had all these doors already ready to be opened when we showed up. Does that not excite anybody else? That excites me. That gets me pumped. Because... God is preparing our path. And if we dive into him, we will start to understand where we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. And so it says, uh, in the 20th year, when wine was brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. He was cupbearer, so he's bringing, you know, the Mountain Dew to the king, bringing his code red. And he said, I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid. I love this transparency by Nehemiah because how many know when the opportunity presents itself, a lot of times it can scare you to death. And when you pray for all this, and you're like, God, I want to see a movement in my city. I want to see a movement in my school, my family. I want to see opportunities open up. And then when the opportunities present themselves, you're like, yikes, I'm scared. This is so scary. And, and, and Nehemiah's like, I was a little bit scared. I, I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins? The reality was it was broken. Why should I not be sad about this? And its gates have been destroyed by fire. And the king said to me, what is it you want? Now ask yourself this question. And I had to ask myself this, too. All these opportunities we're praying for, what if the person came into your life that could make a way 
for what you're praying for and asked you, what do you want? Would you know what to say? I mean, if the one who ran Philadelphia came to me and was like, all right, Elijah, I understand your heart, and you have an amazing church that wants to get things uh, going in Philadelphia, what do you need? What do you want? Well, I better have an answer. And we have to dive into the things of God, because when we understand we're hearing his voice, we're preparing for the moment of provision. Because when the moment of provision happens, you better be ready. You better be on point. When the opportunity presents itself, you better be in position and have your stature ready and have your, all your facts and your stats all ready to speak wisdom into that moment. So the king asks, he says, he says, what do you want? Then I prayed to God, the God of heaven, and I answered the king. I love this because he says, I prayed to God. And, and if you ever have opportunities happen or you have a conversation that's going to be hard and you know it, and it's one of those opportunities you've been praying for, but you know it's going to be a little more energy and a little more effort. And so you, you say one of those short prayers to God. God, help me as I talk to this person. God, help me as I, I present this case to this person. God, help me as I go into this difficult conversation that I know is going to be difficult. But God, I pray you'd help me. And I love it that Nehemiah doesn't even point out what he says because it's not that significant. And he kind of points it out because in, in Nehemiah 1, he talks all about his prayers, about seeking and fasting and, and praying to God and saying, God, I need success. And he, and he lays out his prayers. But in this prayer, he doesn't put much significance to it. He just said, I prayed. And then I answered because he had done the prep work beforehand. The preparation is where it's at. Because in the preparation, you get ready for the moment of provision. And when you put priority on his presence, God puts priority on his provision. When you put priority in getting into his presence and seeking his face, he puts priority in putting favor your way and opening doors to you and making ways that no one else could make. But God made a way because you set aside time to get into his presence. Now, this isn't a secret. It's all throughout the scriptures. He promises it all the time. There's principles all over. And he talks about how, he talks about how if you seek, you will find me. And if you knock, the door will be opened. And if you ask for these things in my name, they shall be given to you. And if you praise me, think, look at, listen to all this. If you praise me, I will inhabit your praises. I'll be there. And where God is, he provides. So when we seek him, we find him. When we ask, it will be given. When we praise, he will provide. That's amazing. Why are we not seeking him? Because it's in the moment of preparation that we're ready for the moment of provision. But where's your moment of preparation? And that's what I really want to plant myself on right now is the moment of preparation. How can I find for myself the moment of preparation so that when the moment of provision presents itself, I'll be ready. You'll be ready. You'll be ready. That when the king asks, what do you want? You'll know what to say. You'll say a simple prayer. God, listen, I'm scared to death. I just peed myself a little bit, right? You know. God, I'm scared. 
but help me. You'll just need a simple prayer because the preparation was already there. Now, if the Eagles, if they showed up on the field last night without practicing or training or anything, and they got to the field, how many know they wouldn't have won off of the warm-up before the game? That couldn't have been enough, right? Lord knows that wouldn't have been enough. They needed the training. They needed the prep work in order to get their muscles ready, their tackle ability ready, their throwing skills, their kicking. Everything was prepped already. The warm-up was just a little bit part of the whole thing. The training, the prep work beforehand got them ready for the victory that came in the end. God wants to get you ready for victory. He doesn't want you going off little warm-ups, showing up to the game and stretching a little bit and saying, well, I hope God shows up because Lord knows I'm not ready. And we're waiting for things to happen. But God's saying, get in my presence. Put some priority on my presence. Prep. Get ready. Because I'm about to unleash something that's going to blow your mind. This year's going to be your best year yet. And I just have to ask you, how are you prepping for it? How are you getting ready? When those big moments are going to happen, when God opens the floodgates, when God gives you opportunity, when God opens the door and lets people start sharing to you. You know those moments when someone calls you up and they're like, hey, man, I just went to the hospital. And you're like, all right, let's go. Let's do that. And we do life together. We go sit in the hospital. But it's in the prep that we have something to give in those moments. It's in the moments that we get that call. And it's that friend that's bawling on the phone. You know. It, it just happens. Life happens. You, no warning. And if you don't have your prep time, you'll not be ready for those moments to be a provision to everyone around you. So Nehemiah, he knew what to say. He said, I answer the king. If it pleases the king, your servant has found favor in your sight. Let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Get me going, king. Let me know. If you found favor, send me out with your authority. I love this. And then the king, the queen sitting beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take? And when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. Nehemiah was feeling it out. And as God started to open up the doors, he walked right through them because he was ready. He was prepped in the preparation position. And when he was in the preparation position is when he prepped for the moment of provision. So when the moment of provision happened and the door started opening, he started walking through one by one. He was like, king, can I go rebuild it? Yes. Okay. I have favor. Hey, king, let's set a time. Okay. Yes. And then check it out. He keeps going. I love Nehemiah because he doesn't just stop with that. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm on a roll. Let's keep going. So he's like, hey, king, listen, I also said, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governor so that uh, they will provide me safe conduct and I'll arrive in Judah? And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber so I won't have to pay for anything? Nehemiah was on a roll, and it's because he prepped. He had already been with God. God had already shown him what to do. God had already shown him, hey, when this opportunity comes out, this is what you need to ask for. This is the plan. How many know God's wisdom is so much better than our wisdom? And you can study, and you can do whatever you want, but the words of God can go deeper than any strategy you could ever come up with on your own. 
The moment of preparation prepped Nehemiah so that when the doors opened, he was ready to walk through them. And not only walk through them, keep on going. He was like, what other doors we got here? Let's keep going, king. I want it for free, too. And can you write letters to all the governors so that every time I go to present this case to someone, they already have found favor? How many like warm intros? You know, when you just cold intro to somebody, it's terrible. You have to explain everything. Hey, I'm Elijah, and I'm a really cool person, and uh, I do all this stuff really well. But if my friend introduces me and says, hey, listen, I got this great guy. He's amazing. You're going to love him. All of a sudden, warm intro's over. I'm ready to go. And God does this with us as he sets up a warm intro that when we're prepped in his presence, he prepares a way for us to go. We don't have to cold introduce ourselves. We don't have to walk in and say, no, listen, I'm really cool, and I have the power of God in me. and all." No, he prepares a way for our feet to walk. He prepares the pathway so it's straight, so we don't stumble. God gets us ready, and he prepares a way so that we walk in and take our city in our time. And that's what we're doing. We're owning it. I love the scripture. It's in Romans chapter 13, verse 11. It says, and do this, understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. You got to wake up from your slumber. No longer can I sleep through our marriage. No longer can I sleep while our kids are being raised. No longer can I sleep while my friends in my university are going to hell. No longer can I sleep through homeless being out on the streets. No longer can I sleep when there's things that are going on that are not right. There's, there's still people being sold into slavery. There's no longer can I sit and be still on these things. I have to wake up, understand the time, and understand and own it as my own. I got to wake up from my slumber. Now's the time. How long have we been sleeping? I don't know if you ever hit the snooze button and you realize, man, I've hit it like 17 times. I'm going to be late. And I wonder if we don't realize that we're actually pushing the snooze button on our destiny when we don't get involved with the mission of God. He wants us to wake up, understand the present time, to wake up from our slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness. You know what the deeds of darkness is? Sleeping. Sleeping. It's all the things we don't think about. We just get into easy. It's our natural. It's a sinful nature. It's the things we just do without even thinking about it. Deeds of darkness. We're putting those aside. Now we're intentionally doing life on purpose. That's why we, we fast. We set things aside on purpose so that we put time into the presence of God on purpose. We pour words into our spouse. We pour words into the next generation. We do things. We serve. We give of our money because we're intentionally setting things in motion. We get involved with groups because we're intentionally setting community around us because we know that that strengthens us and makes us better. When people pour into us and we pour into those, that's how we were designed. So we understand that. So we intentionally get involved. We say, hey, what, what night of the week is, guys? Wednesday night? All right. Tell me the day I'm going to go. And we intentionally get involved. I just promoted my own group, by the way. That was awesome, right? Awesome. We're going to have fun, by the way. It's going to be dope. 
We intentionally do stuff. I don't just hope my wife falls in love with me. I seek her. I go after her. I don't just hope those, those people know about Jesus or my friends know about change. I go out and I invite them. I send the text message. I call them on the phone. I reach out to them on the street. I talk to them. I intentionally come in and I own the broken wall that I see. And I say, that's my wall. I'm going to build it up. This is my city. I'm going to make sure that it's put back how it was or how it should be because God is with me. And it's in the preparation that I'm ready for what God has for me. Real quick, this is the breakdown. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is simplified version. This is Elijah simplified version, okay? This is what we do. This is going to simplify your walk with God. I promise you. This is so powerful to me. I, was, I love it when like nursery rhyme stuff is like powerful in your prayer time, you know? You're like this is so like elementary, but it's amazing. Here's what we do. We seek him. We find him. He leads. We follow. We seek him. We find him. When we seek him, he lets us find him. Isn't that awesome? When we go after him, we say, God, I need to hear your voice because life is hard right now. And I don't understand what's going on. And I don't understand all these things that are happening. I'm seeking you. And in those moments, you know what happens? Every time I seek him, I find him. And I end up bawling and feeling amazing. And I come out, and now she's like, wow, you've had a time with Jesus, haven't you? I'm like, yeah. I feel good. I feel good. Because when I seek him, I find him. And then he leads. This is the greatest part because it takes a lot of pressure off you. Hey, let me tell you. Mom, Dad, I know you're all worried about everywhere you're going and what you're going to pour into your kids. Hey, can I just ease the, the weight off your shoulders? Would you just follow him because he's got the plans of your kids already in motion? He's got them all laid out already. And if you'll just lean into him and listen to him, it'll take a lot of pressure off you. I feel your weight. I get it. It's a lot of weight. You're sending kids into motion. And students, can I talk to you for a second? When you look up the roster of your school, when God calls you to reach your school, and you look up the roster and you see there's like thousands of people in your university, and you're like, yeah, that's not happening. Can I ease, can I ease you a little bit? Can I take the weight off of you? All you have to do, seek him and find him, and then he'll lead you, and all you got to do is follow. And he'll speak to you. I say, I need you to go talk to that person. Here's what to say. You say, okay, God. Okay, God. And you'll go. You'll speak. You say, all right, God. I don't know what to do. My kids are kind of all over the place. And I'm seeking you, God. And he'll let you find him. And he'll lead you. And all you got to do is follow. Okay, God. This is what I got to do. I'll seek you. I'll find you. You lead me. I'll follow. It'll simplify your, your walk with God. It takes a lot of pressure off you too. Because when you seek him, he'll let you find him. When you ask, it will be given. When you knock, the door will be opened. And when you praise, he will provide. Let me say that again. Let me encourage you. When you seek him, you will find him. When you knock, the door will be opened to you. 
When you ask, it will be given. And when you praise him, he will provide. Let me encourage somebody who's going through a process that you don't understand. When you praise him, he gets involved. He starts to provide. Where God is, he can't help but provide everything that he is. He is strength. He is joy. He is peace. He is patience. He is calm in the midst of the chaos. And when you praise him, even in the midst of opposition, even in the midst of the storm, when you praise him, he gets involved. And when he comes into the midst, he provides all that he is. So can I encourage somebody? And if you're here and you're feeling life, if you need Jesus in the midst of it, can you stand to your feet with me right now and start to praise him in the midst of what's going on and to get him involved so he can provide for what's going on? Come on, somebody. Lift up your hands. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Because when we praise him, he will provide. When we seek him, he will let us find him. When we knock, the door will be open. So what doors are you knocking on? What are you asking for for your family? What are you asking for for you? What do we want? I want to take a moment. I want you just to close yourself in. Forget you're with anybody else, okay? And I want to take a moment of preparation. Because I want you to do this. I want you to do this so bad because it's one of those things. It's like I know what you'll get out of it. So I'm so excited for you to do it. But I want to practice today. So I want you if, you, if you have your journal or your, your phone or however you take notes, I want you to get it ready. Because there's something about a, a position of expectancy that gets our ears open a little more and our eyes open a little more. And if we're expecting, that's why when we pray these big prayers, we're like, God, give us opportunities. All of a sudden, we start seeing opportunities because we're expecting something, you know? And when you're like, God, show me someone today that I can speak to, you're looking. You're looking. So grab your pen. Get your phone ready. And I want us to pray a simple prayer. God, and, and this will be different for everybody because you're going through something else that I'm not going through. Maybe you have a question you need answered. I want you to ask him. And God, would you answer this in your presence right now? Do some prep work. God, I don't understand this right now. God, what do I do with this relationship? What do I do to make this better? What do I do to really reach my potential in here? Or maybe you need more definition for your word. You defined your year, but you need a little more definition. Just pray, God, I need this defined a little bit more. It's a big word. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I don't understand that. Why Why'd you give me that word? You know what I mean? And then just really dive in. God, what do you need? The other day when I was in my prayer time, I prayed. We have the word rise for our family. And it's rise to the, the challenge or demand placed on somebody. I love it. I love it. I'm so pumped. But the other day when I was preparing in his presence, when I was just seeking him, God, what does this mean for our family? What is it? He gave me a scripture, Isaiah chapter 61. And I dove into that scripture and it was so encouraging me. I wrote it down in my journal. I'm like, thank you, God. This is confirming what we're doing. And he was talking about the glory. Oh, it's so good. So good. So sometimes you need to dive in even more. God, what does this mean for me? So let's take a moment. One moment, he's going to play. We're going to pray. We're going to stay in his presence and just seek him and write down what he says to us, okay? Is that good? Are you ready? Right, let's take a moment and just pray. Just make a simple prayer. God, I need to hear you. God, I need to see you. Maybe you have a question. Let's pray.
Now, don't forget to write it down, okay? Those are the most important words that could ever be spoken into you in those inspirational moments when you're diving into God and he's speaking to you and you just feel an impression. You're like, wow, that was so good. Don't forget to write it down because I'll go hours later. I'm super forgetful, so I'll, remember, I'll be like, what was that thing? I, I can't remember. I need to write it down, so make sure you write it down because in the moment where the king asked what to do, Nehemiah knew what to say. He knew what to ask for. He knew what to go after when the opportunity presented itself. So I encourage you, dive into the presence of God. Make his presence priority because then he makes his provision priority. When we prioritize his presence, he prioritizes his provision. And so we, we get into his presence. We seek after him and he lets us find him and he answers us with what we need. I'm so excited for this year, what God has for you. And man, I'm excited to go into a time of giving because we get an opportunity to be generous and, and really set our finances and, uh, and more than just our time and talent because we all give of that because that's, that's what true generosity is. And, and even more than that, now we get to get our money involved and, and be a, a church that is in favor. How many want your family to be in the favor factor this year? And I'm excited. I, I get pumped for this time. Um, but I want you to grab your gift. Grab whatever you're going to give today because I want to pray over it and bless it. And I just, I'm excited for this year that as we get involved with God's movement, he'll start to get involved with our lives and what we're doing. And we'll start to see change happen, not only all around us, but inside of us. Because it starts with us. It starts with us. Would you grab your gift? Mine's automated, so I got to grab my phone. Let's, let's pray over what we're going to give today. God, I thank you so much for the gift that we're giving. And I pray that we would just uh, plant seed in good soil today. We would see a harvest. That's what we're believing for, God. You to do something great in our lives, in our city, in our family, in our schools. God, do something great in us. We give you our gifts, and we pray that you would just make them go further than we could ever make them go. We love you so much, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.